one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every support and ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. I'm coming, coming a little bit closer. We had to, um, to move the podium back because we had a funeral on Thursday and, and the, one of the mourners had COVID. So I was sort of keeping well back. Uh, and it's so, so heavy, we haven't managed to get it down again. So uh, I will just use the music stand, which is, which is okay. Can we just pray for a moment? God, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you um, for what we've heard uh, from your word today. I pray, Lord, that you will, uh, as we unpack it a bit, that you will speak into our hearts, that you will challenge us, that you will um, comfort us, Lord, that you will rebuke us, Lord, whatever we need from your word. We pray that, uh, that you will uh, use it today for your glory. Amen. Now, I wonder uh, if any of you have or have ever had the perfect job. Does anybody really love the job? Oh, Tony loves his job. What's your job, Tony? Right. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Oh, and here's prayer and Joyce. Nice to see you this morning. Joyce, did you have a perfect job what's that a care assistant and is it a good job you, do you like your bosses and everything <laughs> I, I think I had a good job anybody else yeah Debbie did you love your job great Debbie works with um, people with uh, addiction uh, homelessness and that sort of area and it's great isn't it that people in such a hard job, actually love their job. And Helen loves her job. Debbie loves her job. Oh, this is really great. 
And Mo loves her job. Mo, Mo travels on, on a bus, taking kids to school. Special needs. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's great to have a job that uh, is good. And if you're not in work, I wonder what your perfect job would be. I mean, I, I loved... Oh, sorry. Seth is a dentist. Do you love your... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I was a nurse, and, uh, and I absolutely, absolutely loved my job as well. Um, but, you know, there were times where it wasn't that good. Uh, there were things that, you know, got on top of you, or there were managers who thought different things than you thought and that sort of stuff. But I have got to tell you uh, about uh, a, an, an absolutely fantastic employer. Because there have been a few, haven't there? I mean, what about uh, Lord Cadbury? He, uh, he built Bourneville Village in, in, in Birmingham for his workers. And then closer to home, we have uh, Port Sunlight, don't we? That Lord Lever. Um, he uh, built a beautiful village for his workers. And there have been some really, really fantastic um, employers around. And, uh, and I can't really complain about the NHS because, uh, for the most part, uh, the, the NHS were good employers as well. But, you know, um, the job I want to tell you about is, um, is in an international company. And uh, this is uh, a company where the boss is, uh, is always ready to see anybody. You know how managers say to you, my door is always open, and then you can't get hold of them when you want to. But actually, um, this boss, uh, his door is always open. He would welcome you as a, a partner into the family business. In fact, he'd say, uh, bring your friends, bring your relatives, there's work for everybody. Anybody can come. I've got a job for them to do. He has uh, unlimited resources. You can talk them over. Uh, you can talk any problems, any, anything at all over with, with the boss. And if you think you'd never get such a job, well, don't worry. The boss is not worried about how old you are, how young you are, what your CV is like, what your ethnicity is, or anything else. You will be welcomed with opened arms. And, okay, yeah. The retirement benefits are out of this world. So <laughs> I guess that gives it away because uh, we're talking about the church. The church is God's business plan. His plan was to bring the whole earth together, the whole world together. We've got it out of sync, haven't we? We've turned this world the wrong side up and all sorts of things uh, are not right about the world. But in Ephesians, God talks about how his plan since way back uh, was always to, to bring the whole earth together. Every person, everything, uh, the, the nature and the people and everything to bring together into harmony. That is his plan. And the way he's going to do this is through his workforce, which is church you know people have tried over the years to derail uh, his plans 
they're still trying to derail them now. Jesus called uh, the chief orchestrator of these, uh, these, these people who were against God's work, uh, the ruler of the kingdom, uh, the prince of this world. And Paul calls him the ruler of the kingdom of the earth. But, you know, uh, we might know him as Satan or the devil. We have an enemy. There are people who are set uh, to spoil God's plan. And that's from inside the church and outside the church uh, because they don't understand just how great a plan it is and how important it is. God's mission for the church is that we should recruit as many people as possible by demonstrating by the way we live, the way we act, the way we speak, God's love for all mankind. Jesus' death and resurrection made a way for rebellious humankind to repent of going their own way and, uh, and show his outrageous love in dying on the cross for us so that we uh, could be reconciled to God. And we also have a job to tell people as well that there's uh, consequences if they don't take up this, uh, this offer to be part of God's kingdom. If they would rather go their own way, we need to warn them that uh, that has con consequences. So for the church to be successful in, in her mission, she would need to be equipped, and indeed God has done just that. He has gifted the church with peop people who can spearhead the mission. And in our reading, we're told that Jesus has conquered sin and death. And in those days, uh, a conqueror would give out gifts. Uh, come back from war, you know, Julius Caesar and all his armies would come back from conquering another country and they would give out gifts to those who uh, particularly done well in the battle. And in the same way, we give out medals, don't we, at the end of a war for people who've been uh, exceptionally uh, good, done good things and been exceptionally brave. So that's why um, Paul is quoting this bit about uh, Jesus giving gifts. He is the conqueror and he has given gifts. And what he's given to his people, the church, are these five, uh, it's sometimes called the five-fold ministry. He's given um, apostles, I should know this by now, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So how do these fit in with my business analogy? Let's sort of unpack that a little bit. See, I see the apostles as the ones with vision. They see the big picture. They're the ones who, in the business world, would come to the board meeting uh, with a challenge, with a new idea, they're the pioneers. They're the ones who can form and implement a strategy. And uh, in a sense, they don't really care how it's done. They're not interested in the details. They're the ones that see the big picture. And then, of course, the prophets uh, in the business world, they're the ones who are quick to react to any potential problems. They understand what the CEO wants. You know, when we hear the term prophet, we think that they are special people uh, in 
scripture who God speaks to and who in turn speak out God's word. And that's true. But you know, uh, in our world, in our church, prophets are everybody who hears God and who speaks uh, his message out. You don't have to be anybody special for any of these jobs, actually. In business, uh, we might think of the evangelists as the company reps. They are the ones who take and sell the product. God's evangelists are passionate about their product, and why wouldn't they be? We have a message that is so great, so important. We're bringing news of a savior who can restore people whose lives are going nowhere and give them a purpose, tell them about his love. Uh, Jesus said he's come to give abundant life. And uh, why wouldn't we be excited to tell people about that? The church has been given people who have, are especially gifted in this realm. But, you know, we're all called uh, to, to share the good news as well. And then there are those in business who are concerned for the welfare of the staff. Like Lords Cadbury and Lever, they are concerned about their workers and their fellow workers. You know, when I was um, a child, my dad was a bus driver and uh, the Liverpool Corporation Passenger Transport, as it was known in those days, used to put on a party for the kids of all the, um, the bus drivers and bus conductors. Anybody else's uh, go to parties when they were young? Because, uh, yeah, some, who did it? Oh, the Ribble did it, yeah. And some big companies did it, uh, or they'd sort of do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, they don't seem to do that, but they do have HR departments, don't they? And they do have people who, uh, you know, they will send you for counseling if they think there's a problem. But uh, a church comes into his own because we uh, can be pastorally concerned for each other. The people who've got a pastor's heart are the people who notice when people are missing. They notice if somebody's struggling. They notice if somebody's sick. And not just notice, but want to do something about it. Want to pray for them. Want to help them out and do the practical stuff. The pastors are those who've got, uh, who really care uh, for others. And then the fifth area is uh, that is mentioned there, the teachers. And in business, that's the, uh, the team leader or the training officer. They're the ones whose job it is to ensure that uh, the workforce has the vision and that they're complying with it and that they're being the very, very best that they can be. In church, that might be the, um, the vicar or the missional community leader, but it also falls to every member to build each other up. So there we have it. All these areas have a common goal. And Paul puts it like this. Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's the purpose of it. We need to be built up so that we can do our job right, so we can do this mission that God calls us to do. So he builds us up until we all reach unity in the faith 
and in the knowledge of the Son of God until we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It's a, a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's a big thing that we would be, we would attain to the measure of the fullness of Christ. And that's possible. That's not only possible, that's, that's God's plan. He's, his plan is to bring everything back in step. This plan has been since before time. A healthy church will have every one of those areas of ministry. But every member is important. I mean, I've been thinking about it as maybe board members who bring different things. But actually, a firm will not flourish unless every member of the company is on board. And if they've all got that vision, if they've all uh, got the one goal in mind. God wants a body of people who love him and love the world, love each other. Not one person trying to do the lot. You know, we'll be, uh, we're meeting, uh, PCC's meeting tomorrow night to, um, I think tomorrow, one night this week, to do, uh, to just approve, well, a week on, I think we're meeting for the section 12, oh, anyway, tomorrow night, thank you. <laughs> he was bad as me, Blair. Uh, we're meeting because we, we need to sort of uh, get the um, parish profile for our new vicar sorted out finally, uh, rubber stamped and everything from our point of view. But, you know, when we uh, think about our new vicar, what we want in a vicar, you can bet your bottom dollar that on our job description, we would say we want somebody who's good at strategy. We would say we want the apostle. We would say uh, we want the, um, the evangelist. We want somebody who will lead us into telling others about Jesus. We would want people who's got a heart of a pastor, who cares about the community. We would certainly want him to be able to give, him or her, to be able to give a cracking good sermon. We would want them to be a teacher. We would want them to build up our groups. What have I missed out? The pastor, the teacher, the, the prophet. Yeah, we would love our vicar to, uh, to hear from God, to know what God's will is, and to lead us. But, you know, it's probably unrealistic to expect one man or one woman to do all of those things. We need to... Um, to be the one body of Christ, build, building each other up. God has given the gifts, not to one person, but to his church. And uh, so our job is to be those people. You know, if God speaks to you through his word, a word for our church, then it doesn't matter who you are, what's to stop you from uh, just getting a, uh, speaking to one of us, getting an email off and saying, I think God might be saying this to us. And, uh, and we would pray about it with you. We would see if that was the way to go. That's a prophetic gift. And uh, what's to stop you encouraging others, uh, telling others about what you've read in God's word and what you think God might be saying to, to you, to build each other up, uh, to teach each other, and to phone each other up maybe when somebody's sick to see if there's anything you can do to help to be 
a, a pastor certainly to tell other people about what God's done in your life then you'd be an evangelist wouldn't you you'd be telling people about what good God has done for you and what you could do for others you know we are the body of Christ we've all been given gifts not only have we given been given areas that we might be useful in but actually we have been given gifts that will help us in those areas you know, the gifts of the spirit and uh, that's another sermon but you know god has given us extra gifts he's given us everything we need to be the best that we can possibly be to accomplish uh, his plan and his purpose until we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The church is God's plan. We've been given everything we need for our branch to successfully fulfill its mission. Now, just like a company may be spearheaded by a board, it will not succeed unless every member is working towards the, the common goal. We're all partners in this company. We are in the family business. Let's pray. Father, we pray that we, uh, we would know who we are in you, that we would find our place and our identity in you. Father, we pray that you would speak to us about the gifts that you've given us. We pray that you would give us the hearts of teachers and pastors and apostles and, and uh, everything else that we need, Lord. We thank you for your church, living and departed throughout all the ages. We thank you for the crowd of witnesses who are cheering us on. And we thank you that you love and have faith in your church. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks, Sue. I wonder what it means to you to know that God knows you completely and has you on his heart to know that there are parts of your personality that he uses to bless other people and to bring people to know Jesus. I wonder what it means to know that God has given each one of us a spiritual gift that he's chosen that he knows is perfect for us but can also be the very thing that helps to lead someone to Jesus. So as the worship team lead us in some songs, perhaps you'd like to take a moment out to think about that. What does it mean to you to know that God chose you to bring other people to Jesus by the gifts he's given you and by being who you are? If you'd like to come up for prayer during the worship, there will be people who will pray with you. And if you'd like to pray about anything else and you want to come for prayer, please do, you're very welcome.